Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? I mean, wow. Uh, that's really all I can say. Let's all just take a deep breath. After the week that was for UFC 279, what an insane week, Jed. We all right, dude? We, we surviving after that one? Oh, we... Surviving is the right word, man. Just absolute craziness. Uh, I mean, as, as everyone knows at this point, it was ridiculous. Uh, unfortunately, like half of No Bets Barred last week was just <laughs> useless, which... Sick. Sick. Cer- certainly the first time in the history of our program and... I mean, even even had we been doing this show for ten years, it would have been the first time. It's it's never happened before. So, uh, but you know, I had a great fight week. How 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 did you enjoy the festivities? Oh man, I loved it. I uh, I was at my house when the news broke that Hamza might miss weight, and from there it was just I I couldn't stop watching. It was like it's like the breaking news, and you just leave it on all day, and you just wait to hear what the next development is. I mean, it was. It was fantastic theater. Uh, and then at the end of the day, like, you know, everyone's saying it. It feels like we ended up with a better card anyway. Yeah, that was the fight card we were always supposed to have. Uh, I totally agree with you. I was off Friday, so I didn't have to work and cover things. Uh, but it served as a wonderful distraction. I got I got a little food poisoning Friday. So oh. I was having a tough, tough day. Wow. But the wonderful people at MMAfighting.com, great website, great website. Were, were keeping me entertained as I was uh, hugging the porcelain throne. I was going to so, say, I'm just imagining you just blowing it out and you're just, you can hear the TV in the background, uh, 178 and a half. And she's like, oh my God. Like, just, just is... had it on the phone with me. Because uh, also, I mean, I, I, I knew that that was before the way it happened, we knew what was happening because you know great boots on the ground let us know that things were afoot jose young's uh talking to the slack channel 
hey, something weird's going on here. People are, you know, seeing that something is going to happen. And once you know that something is sounds odd or looks odd, it's pretty easy to piece it together to be like, oh, well, my man's just not going to make weight. <laughs> like that's just like Hamzat's just not making weight is what's going to happen here. So, and then the anarchy ensued and it was awesome. It was captivating. It was thrilling, thrilling entertainment, uh, especially for a man in desperate need of distraction. Anarchy, dude. Shout out to the BOTG, the boots on the ground filling us in. I can't lie, though. Still, when Hamza was making his walk to the scale, I was nervous. My my heart was beating. I was like, what if it? What if they're just like 171? And it's just like, oh, all right, see you guys tomorrow. Like that yeah. is, That's all it is. It would have been the greatest fake out <laughs> in the history of the sport. Yes, uh, it absolutely would have been. So we got three new fights. Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson, Hamza Chumaya versus Kevin Holland, and Lee Jiang Lee versus Daniel Rodriguez had to make some late adjustments. As soon as the fights got announced, people were like, what are the new bets? What are the new bets? I'm like, hold on. Like, let, I need like 10 minutes. Like, let me let me look at the lines. Let me see what we got here. Like, I got to figure out yeah. where I'm going. Uh, but we figured it out. Figured it out. Hit a nice hunt under in the Hamzat. My boy Lee. That one hurt. That one hurt. But I had. Were you, were you on Lee? I was on Lee, uh, mm-hmm. but but Rick had D Rod in the MMA Hour parlay. So yeah, was, that's I didn't know if you were on Lee because I knew I knew the shifted the shifted MMA Hour parlay. Yeah, it was kind of a win win for me because the parlay was still alive. Uh, so I was like, you know, the parlay moves on, but parlay was but, so alive. But I felt bad for my boy Lee Chan Hamzat the last leg. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just back to being Hamzat. Zero significant yeah. strikes, zero anything done in two minutes. Like, he's just mauler. Like, it's, it's crazy. I I galaxy-brained myself. It's, that's just what it was. I was we, like, you know. We can all respect the galaxy-brain moment. Come on. Uh, like. I've been the biggest Hamzat supporter. Uh, not, you know, not a supporter of him personally, but uh, I have been steadfast in my belief that he's the best welterweight on the planet for a long time. And then everything was going so poorly the whole fight week. That I was like, this is a sign. It's a sign from the heavens that this is going to... What What better way to cap all of this off than for Nate Diaz, who is supposed to be uh, led to slaughter to get a big victory, and for Hamzat to just lose to a guy that would be incredible for the UFC in general, but would be one of the worst possible losses for him to take, given given the stylistic advantages. So I galaxy brain myself, bet on Kevin Holland, bet on Kevin Holland by submission, or not by submission, uh, I bet on Kevin Holland uh, in the fourth round uh, specifically because it was like, Kevin just has to survive and Hamza will get too tired <laughs> and Kevin's really durable, like bigger guys than Hamza haven't been able to finish him. And once he gets tired, then Kevin's just going to beat the shit out of him. And I was like, I super galaxy brain and immediately was like, oh, okay, I was dumb. Uh, yeah, this is Hamza <laughs> The simple Shumai. answer was the right one. But here's the <laughs> thing. You're talking to the author of Jared Vandera by sub against uh, Chase Sherman. <laughs> so uh, we, we all have our galaxy brain moments. It happens. Uh, I was on all the opposite things. I was on the under. I was on Hamza Shumayev. Like you said, biggest believer in this dude. I mean, what he does is absolutely incredible. Someone hit me up. After the Leech D Rod fight on Twitter, and was like, 
great. Leach gets robbed, and now we have to watch Hamzat hump Kevin Holland for 25 minutes. I'm just like, when has Hamzat ever done that? What what would ever make you think that that is about to happen? Because Kevin Holland, when, it, it was less when has Hamzat done that and more when has Kevin Holland been, had that done to him? Yes. That man, I was just like, man's incredibly durable. And so, like, I genuinely had convinced myself, like, one, I actually didn't even think Hamza would shoot takedowns because I thought he would be too mad at Kevin Holland. And Kevin, <laughs> and you know, like, Kevin Holland, he's going to let you know about it in the cage. He's going to They did have a moment a where they exchanged something. They had a moment where they yeah. were on the ground, uh, which is I just think, incredible. I, I was like, this is the same dude. This is literally the thought process I, I laid out. I was like... We saw Hamza fight with his ego when he was fighting Gilbert Burns because, like, he could have just kept scoring takedowns and winning easily, but instead he was like, he let his ego take control. And that's Gilbert Burns. When Kevin Holland, a man he actively doesn't like, is in there talking shit to him, I think he's going to just try and knock Kevin Holland out and he's not going to go for the takedown. Like, none of that was true. <laughs> He was just like, actually, I'm just going to obliterate this yeah. dude. <laughs> he, he fought so. a smart fight and and proved who he is. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who he gets in the cage with next. Uh, main event, me and you both. Yes, baby. Let's go. I mean, I was I was quite confident in that bet. I was I felt pretty, good too. I, I played it I was twice. I was pretty surprised Nate was the underdog when the lines were were dropped. I was like, this seems. I. I, I, we talked about before, you know, on last week's episode, I've never been a big Tony Ferguson guy. Liked him fine, but I was just never... He was never my dude in the way he is that for so many people. And I think everybody is just blinded to the fact that that man is entirely washed. And Washed. They, big time. Like, they wanted to sell themselves on the fact that, like, ooh, he had an okay round. For, like, he had a good round against Michael Chandler. Well, Michael Chandler sucks. Um, so, you know, there's that. And also, I he didn't. He he scored a weird knockdown that wasn't because he really hurt Chandler. It was more of a the way Chandler's legs were positioned. I mean, he looked fine, but he just – he's super washed, and that's it. Like, he's 38, 39, and I, I think Nate's pretty washed as well, but – Definitely. There's a, there's a big difference between being pretty washed and all, like, fully cooked – and Nate did nearly knock out the new welterweight champion of nearly. the world not yeah. that long ago. And yes, he lost almost every minute of the fight beforehand. But the fun thing about fighting is if you lose almost every minute of a fight and then win by last minute knockout, you become the new welterweight champion. Which just is. ask Leon Edwards. <laughs> like it's it is what it is. And Tony Tony's just washed and think everyone keeps forgetting that. And so I was stunned that that line was he's, what it was. He says he's back. He says he's back. He's super not back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so Nate Diaz opened at minus 155. I didn't play it then. And he just kept moving more and more to being an underdog. Uh, minus 155 I, is the right opener. Like, that is correct. Yes. That's, watching that fight, that's what he was. Because the the legs were getting chopped up. I will admit that. And then, like, the the stopping the fighting and Goddard being like, you got to fight. Like, you got to fight. What are you guys doing? I was like, what is what is Nate cooking up here? I, I don't know if I love this. But, yeah, 155 was, was a nice open. I felt like they had that right. It got all the way up. I didn't hit it when it was at plus 175, but I did hit it at plus 165. Like, it just – I thought for a second we might get Nate Diaz, like, plus 200. I was like, please, just keep climbing. Shocking. 
Like, please keep climbing. Uh, you mentioned Michael Chandler. He's coming on the MMA Hour today. You know, a little perks of the job here. Sent over a couple promo codes for his uh, his new workout, like nutrition thing, Cram Nutrition. Uh, so I got a couple muscle. They're like muscle uh, uncrustables. They're uncrustables, like packed with protein. Uh, so I'm about to get yoked, pretty much, is essentially okay. what I'm telling you. I'm about Love to be that. huge. Uh, see you at the top. So shout out, shout out to that muscle uncrustables. Hey, way to get way to get yoked with whatever is in those because I'm, I'm sure it's, I'm sure they're great for you. Um, yeah, I'm pretty, I will not be seeing you at the top ever. Pretty pumped for him. Gonna be huge. Can't wait for that. Last <laughs> thing I want to get into. Uh, I wouldn't even call this a galaxy brain moment. I would just be. Uh, I would just call it being a smart better. Call your campaigners are down bad right now. We're we're in a world of hurt, and the Barnett bandwagon is on fire right now. So uh, riding high, bravo on that. I, I have to say, uh, can't believe how much flack I got for this on Twitter. Like people Did you were really? people were shitting on me. Some guy hit me with a uh, L plus ratio. I was like, okay, like, let's stop with this. Like, wow. come on. Um, yeah, I mean the Barnett bandwagons. I, I should have known better than to come at the throat of the BBs out there because <laughs> yeah, I mean they ride hard for their boy. Um, no one is more like Huggy Bear is the most beloved of men. So I, I understand beloved. it. His story too, like incredible stuff. The yeah. comeback also. You 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 have to admit you you had to have been a touch worried in the first round. Oh, well, worried Jaws, is a, Jaws worried is a relative off. term. I thought I had just lost the bet. I wasn't right. worried because it's a plus three fifty or whatever yeah, bet. Course. Like that's, you don't anticipate winning those. But yeah, I was just like, oh, I've just lost this one. <laughs> He's he clearly suffering from something serious as the left side of his face isn't working anymore. And then I was like, oh, the doctor should stop this. When the doctor gave the examinations, like, how are you letting him back out there? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But I guess uh, doctors know better than us. Uh, so I, this, I suppose <laughs> this was coming off the Norma Dumont, like just she didn't finish her, but just an obliteration of Daniel Wolf ran over, ran over. And all I heard all week was like how Dumont, similar to what you said about Collier, Dumont should not be a favorite minus four ten favorite over anyone in the UFC. That is insane. People said those that. People a lot. Are, I know, but those people are dumb. A lot of people said that we were going into the Collier fight, and I'm just like, oh, everyone was saying, Jed included, minus 410, shouldn't be a favorite over anyone. Comes out, starts mauling Chris Barnett. I'm just like, you know, Vegas, they know what they're doing. And then Chris Barnett comes back, and I'm like, I'm such a mushy jinx. Like, I'm such a <laughs> douche for doing that. The bigger issue I have, all of the only main issue I had with you in, as being Collier campaigner is that's our boy. It's the I tried to tell you it's the year of the dog. It is. It is. And well, Chris Barnett, Athens, Georgia, baby. It's the I year of the dog. I thought he switched up. I thought he switched up. Topology led <clears> us astray. That was that was messed up on the big T's part. Topology uh, did lead us astray because I thought that that was not true, <laughs> and then I was like, well, I guess Topology never they, wrong. They know, yeah, they never wrong. And then it was like he shouted out uh, ATT uh, Lima, which is in uh, North Atlanta. So he clearly is still a Georgia boy at heart. I'm on SureDog right now. I don't want to have to make the switch. No, SureDog also has Tampa, Florida. So the UFC is the only one that got it right. All right. Uh, that was UFC 279. Overall, a, another profitable week, um, even with all the changes. I Going into it, I was like, man, I don't like these new bets as much as I liked the old bets. But uh, 
other than the leech, like they all ended up working out for me, which was which was straight. Oh, one last thing, Jelton Almeida. I mean, that's all I have to say. I was saying, yeah, I mean, that that's it. That's, that's it. the that's the I, story. I ended up being so overexposed on this guy. Uh, I had like. 12 units of exposure, and I didn't really realize it till Saturday morning. Uh, someone let me know. So uh, safe? Yeah, how much exposure I had. So I was a little nervous when he was getting in there, and then, I mean, he just does what he does and, and made it look easy done in the first round. I am a – to say I'm a fan of that guy is an understatement. I, I'm ready for him to get a ranked opponent because I am all aboard the Jailton Almeida train. I'm not, I'm not there yet just because – We're going to get you there. Eventually. Well, I, I am in general. I I want to be. I I need I need resolution on this tweener shit. Like two twenty two twenty is not a division, and uh, I even though I think he can beat a lot of guys at heavyweight, being two twenty is I think going to be like a, a legitimate serious setback for him uh, against the top top guys. I agree. I think I think he should commit to light heavyweight. Well, exactly. That's as soon as he does that, and I get to watch him fight with a weight cut and do it. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to load up the guns and, and ride hard with him. But as long as he is committed to, I'm going to be a heavyweight because these guys are easy. I recognize the value in it. But at some point, 220 jail to Almeida cannot take down. <laughs> you know. Francis Ngannou, he he is not going to be able to do that, and his head is going to be knocked clean off yeah. his shoulders. I don't know. I'm not going to doubt Mahadinho till uh, I see it with my own eyes because he just picks up gigantic men on a regular basis and just slams them down to the ground. Uh, Parker Porter uh, learned that, but yeah, let's let's get him a ranked light heavyweight match. Let's get him uh, yes. Azamat Mirzakhanov. Let's get I him. Would, uh, I would love to see him fight. Right, because I think at light heavyweight, if if he can fight well with the cut, and it's not like it's—I mean, it's it's not a small cut. Man walks around at two twenty something, but I think assuming that there are no major issues with him cutting and making that weight, uh, sky's the limit for this dude. Kimi Maladino, Jimmy Crew. I just I just did it. I just made the match. Done. We'll see you in a couple months. Uh, let's put him on the November card. Lord knows he he didn't get hurt in that last fight. Put him on the Ooh. November card. Now I have to buy me- a T-shirt and curse him. I don't want the Jimmy Crute. Uh, give me jujitsu. Give me Paul Craig. Let's see what yeah. the mystical yeah. Craig Jitsu. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Let's let's get the let's get the Bear Jew in there against Maldino. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May seventeenth, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. All right. Spent way too long, 279, but things had to be talked about after how crazy that fight week was. Uh, and we move on to what are, some are saying is an even better card, even more hyped up. It's UFC Apex 60. We're getting Corey Sandhangin versus Song Yedong. Uh, main event. We're at the Bantamweight division. 
Right now, you can get Sandhagen for minus 190, Song Yudong at plus 160. Fight goes the distance, minus 145. Fight does not go plus 115. I will tell you right now, uh, I don't have a side in this fight. Um, great fight. Super hyped for this fight. Um, I think Corey Sandhagen's going to win, but also Song Yudong is very young, and he just continues to make strides in his game, and he is a very powerful puncher at 135. So if he does win, I'm not going to be shocked. I don't have the confidence in Corey Sandhagen at minus 190 right now. Um, what do you got on this thing? So uh, I do have the confidence in Corey Sandhagen. Yes, uh, I needed to hear that. I don't have a lot of props on this fight card, and we were talking about it before we recorded. I'm hoping maybe you can... Uh, I know you're penchant for finding some juicy props that could be parlay legs because yeah, I, I have one parlay leg, and I need... I mean, as we've established... Four leg parlays can't lose, so I'd love can't. to add three more legs to it. Let's sturdy, go. Sturdy, sturdy base, four Let's leg Let's call it a spider. Base. Let's add seven legs. Why not, dude? That's you know, uh, I'm thinking of it like a like a table. You know, four legs is strong, can't be rock can't be like eight that. legs, a little cumbersome. So four legs <laughs> cumbersome. Let's get a parlay dude. table. We've got the out this morning. I'm <laughs> feeling feeling froggy. Uh I just have a lot of confidence in Corey Sanhagen. I think Song Yudong is gonna be great. I mean, he is very, very good now. He's only 24. So there is always a possibility that he makes a dramatic leap overnight, basically. But uh, I, I need, I'm not going to bet with that, uh, with that assumption. I need to see it to see him make that, that leap. And I think stylistically, it's a good fight for Sandhagen. He is a king of volume. He's, got, he's a little bit taller, got a few inches of reach here. Knows how to really pop pop a jab out there and keep working behind it, working in combination off it. Uh, I think of the two, Sandhagen has never been knocked out. And I as Song hits obviously very hard. I would say, though, that the more likely to get a finish in this fight would be Sandhagen. And I think he's more likely to just outpoint Song over the course of five rounds, which I do think is the most likely outcome. So... I think he just has all the advantages here. Uh, this fight's going to be sick. If Song has made a leap, then I'm going to feel probably pretty stupid. But I think Sanhagen is one of the three or four best fighters in the world at this weight class. And Song is just just a scotch, just a hair below that. So give me Corey Sanhagen. Uh, I got him at uh, the minus 190 number. I- I'm feeling okay about that. Yeah, I can't blame you for that. Um, I also have to say, from a strategic standpoint, I have to I have to work this in now with this MMA hour parlay every week. I can all but guarantee Corey Sandhagen will be in that parlay between Rick Frank oh, for and sure. Ariel. There's someone's no doubt someone's going to pick him. Uh, so I will be riding with Sandhagen just over there. So hopefully the parlay is still alive when it gets to that. And I, I do think that Sandhagen likely will win. You mentioned parlay piece. You mentioned this going long. I've got the over one and a half. Uh, classic stuff. DraftKings opened it up last night at minus 300. I, I think it's moved a lot since then. Um, Let's take a look because uh, that's a lovely line. Yeah. I, I want to say I checked it this morning. It's like it minus is minus 550. 550. Yeah. doesn't do do much for anyone, but that's that's what they opened it up at. I love looking at prop openers. I'm going to uh, take the over two and a half on that for, uh, for the second leg of the parlay. Yeah. So minus, the, 
minus 300 for over two and a half. I'm still comfortable with that. Just to, just to throw it out there, I mean, I, I kind of blindly played it, and then just looking deeper at the stats, it's a little sketchier than I thought. Um, if, if you just look back at them, they have a combined nine fights in the UFC that have gone under the one and a half. Uh, but to your point, I think this is going to go long. I think it's going to be a technical war, you know, like chess match style, figuring each other out. You know, Sandhagen moves a ton. We've seen him go 25 minutes in his last two fights against top, top, top tier talent. Um, yeah, Song, last two went under one and a half, but Malmarais is fairly chinny. Uh, and five of the six before that went to a decision. So I feel comfortable in this one going long. Yeah, now that you say those numbers, I'm going to leave, I'm not going to punch this in. We're going to leave it. We'll see. Maybe I'll come back to that as as a leg of the table, but. The parlay table still still needs three legs at the moment in time. Next one up. I don't think I'm going to sell you on a parlay piece, but I do have one in it. Uh, it is the co-main event of middleweight bout. It is Chidi in Jokanu going up against Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, right now you can get Chidi at minus 115. Rodriguez, Robocop coming back at minus 105. Over one and a half set at minus 140. Under at plus 110. Uh, similar to the main event. Great fight. Super excited for it. I think it's going to be a fun fight, but I do not have a side in it. I, I think this is kind of a coin flip fight for me, um, but I took a prop, and uh, the fight does not go to a decision. Oh, I think that's probably a pretty decent prop. Where'd you get that line at? Uh, minus 220. I saw some books have it at minus 200. Mm. Yeah, I don't, that's not a parlay leg. Um, I did consider the under here. Uh, I do have a side, though. I, I am just on... RoboCop, give me Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, Let's go. I think he he's maybe this is just my heart. He's incredibly fun to watch, dude. Like he, yeah. uh, boy, my boy AK Lee at MMAfighting.com, great writer, great website. Uh, he is a big RoboCop guy. Thinks that this dude is really showing a lot of promise in the middleweight division. And I I agree. I think this guy's just really damn good. Uh, he. Certainly doesn't have the greatest fight IQ. He doesn't always maximize what he needs to be doing, but he is a zombie on the feet, throws a ton of volume, a ton of heat. I wouldn't say that it is in his best interest to fight in Jokowani by striking with him, but I think he can certainly be competitive and do well there. We've seen him fight other accomplished kickboxers and do well on the feet. And if this goes to the floor, this is one-way traffic. I think Gregory Rodriguez can get it to the floor. I think he will. Uh, and I think he can also be competitive on the feet. So I got him at plus uh, 100, and I'm, I am I like the underdog value there. Yeah, I mean, I think the one way that this fight doesn't go to a decision uh, prop misses is if RoboCop's just big blockhead just stays in there the whole time. Like the dude. Big blockhead. Dude's tough to put out. The dude is tough to put out. Uh, statistically speaking, Dating back to 2016, eight of Chidi's last 11 fights have not gone to a decision. Rodriguez, dating back to 2016 as well, 10 of his last 13 have not gone the distance. Both finishers, they have both been finished. Um, I just do think this fight will end inside the 15 minutes. I'd, for your sake, I'd love to see a RoboCop uh, knockout win or maybe even a submission. He's good on the ground too. I'm BJJ champion multiple times over. If, if he gets it to the floor, I think this fight is done. Sick and throws, too, in that, yeah. uh, what was it, Junong Park can. fight? Yeah, yeah like, he, he can get it to the floor. So I I really like him as a bet here. Um, I, I'm I'm frankly surprised he is the underdog. 
uh, my assumption is it's just because he he's looked vulnerable because he he does get hit a lot in the face for sure. But when you have a big block head getting hit a lot in the face, it's all right. You know, it's okay. Still have a good time, dude. Uh, yeah. Just moving through the fire. All right, let's keep it rolling on the main card. It's a featherweight bout. Andre Feely going up against Bill Algio. Right now you can get Feely at minus 120. Algio coming back at even money. Fight goes the distance, minus 215. Fight does not go, plus 165. I got a side here, first side of the uh, of the main Ooh, card for me. I also, I also have a side. <sighs> a little nervous. Are we on the same side? I'm going uh, with the dog. I took Algio. Oh, we are not on the same Let's side. Let's go. Then. Let's go. I don't feel good about my bet, though, so... <laughs> I don't feel that great about mine either, but I, uh, yeah, I pulled the trigger. Um, I was at UFC Long Island, Bill Algio, solid grappler, got out of those tough spots with Herbert Burns, obviously survived to get the finish, even though, you know, Burns had the in- injury. Uh, you know, I'm not one to do MMA math either. Never me. No one... If anyone knows me, they know I'm not a guy that does MMA math, but, you know... Feely put out by and Joe Anderson Brito in 40 seconds. Algio beats, you know, Brito by decision. Just, uh, you know, MMA math always works out, too, even though I'm not a guy that does MMA, MMA math. Well, my uh, I also relied on MMA math here. Oh, let's uh, go. Of, of a different kind. It is uh, Bill Algio just loves to give up takedowns. I mean, I don't know if there's a thing this man likes more than being taken down. Uh, eight of them to Ricardo Hamos. That's, but that's you a have lot to understand, dude. Ricardo's are his kryptonite. He can't win against Ricardo. It's very true. Is very very true. But I'm, you know, gave up three to Brendan Lonate. You know, that's Brendan Lonate's good good fighter. But that's. Man gave up five to the other Ricardo. He he just really enjoys being taken down over and over again. And Andre Feely is a good wrestler. He's an active wrestler. I'm betting him because I do think I, I think he probably loses the feet like the battle on the feet, but I think he can dictate the grappling exchanges and win that way. I don't feel great about putting money on Andre Feely if we're being Andre, honest, just because. Would you? Would anyone ever? I don't know why. I I don't love that I laid minus one thirty odds on him, especially coming off that real tough loss to Jay Anderson Brito. But I'm still I still believe Feely has a little juice left in the tank, and I think the matchup favors him. So I took the shot to give a little love to my guy Algio. Last five years, he's eight and one against guys that aren't named Ricardo. That's a pretty good. That's trend. very and good. That is I, very good. Last I checked, don't Rodney Collier me here, but I don't think it's Ricardo Feliz. So just throwing that out there. But you mentioned the takedown. One... If it was, how dope would that be? <laughs> I would I would cash out my my Algio bet as fast as I could and, and bet Feely if if his real name was actually Ricardo. His real name is Andre Riley Givens. So Riley, suspiciously close. Both start with R. Both start with R.I. Both start with R.I. There's, you know, maybe he, maybe his kryptonite is guys that whose names start with R.I. It could wow. be. R.O.I. Riley coming into the house to get you a little return on your investment, get you a dub. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, Algio, like, 
I know that Feely gets takedowns, but when he gets takedowns, he struggles to keep people down. Like, he's never the one that's just going to rack up stuff. He also, there's not a huge submission threat from him. He has zero submission wins in the UFC. Uh, I think he's only submitted two across his entire UFC career, which is spans since 2013. I think Algio is going to be able to hang in there if he does try that. Uh, and I think he's going to be able to get back up to the feet. And then when you just look at it on the feet, I think Aljo, I think he's got the volume advantage. I think he's going to circle the cage, be moving constantly. He's tough as nails. He's never been KO'd. It's not like Feely has this giant KO threat either. I know he has won by KO. Uh, and I just like a guy in, in Aljo that's going to fight for my money, which is why I took him at the dog odds. Hey, I'm, uh, like I said, I don't feel wildly comfortable in my bet, but it is, it is a bet that I made. <laughs> so that's where we are. People love when we go head to head, so I mean it, it works out. We got to have one on the main card. So uh, I wish you best of luck. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to get out in front of you, and I wish you the best of luck. I wish you the best of luck too. Because see, now I'm I still... feel like you're just doing this because I no. wish you the best of luck. No, no, I'm riding high from the Huggy Bear profits, that was so great I can take this head to head loss. That this one, I can wear you. this one on the chin because I got a lot of extra profits from believing in Chris Barnett, who believes in me. Because that's, that's true. the thing about Chris. He believes in all of us. Guy loves guy loves fans. That's that's what Chris Barnett does best. All right, let's keep it rolling. Next up on the main card, it's a middleweight bout. Alan Amadovsky going up against Joe Pfeiffer. Right now you can get Pfeiffer for minus 425 straight off the contender series. Amadovsky at plus 340. Under one and a half set at minus 175. Over at plus 145. Um, yeah, dude. So plain and simple, I just don't think Amadovsky is UFC level. What? Three fights. <laughs> Three what? fights. Last time, finished by Joseph Holmes in 64 seconds. Before that, knocked out in 17 seconds by John Phillips. Fight before that, 30-25 by uh, Jocko, Christoph Jocko. It just has not been a great run for him. He's going up against the guy in Pfeiffer that I think he's going to find success at this level. I think the UFC is trying to get his name out there, let him be known. He's coming straight off the Contender Series into a main card fight. He is the A side of this fight. There is no doubt about that. Plus, at the end of the day, dude, he's actually pretty good. If you watch his, his Contender Series fight, um, six of his nine wins are by KO. I think that's very likely, very likely how this one ends. Um, so yeah, I have Pfeiffer as a parlay piece. I also have fight does not go to a decision as a parlay piece, just because if, if Amadovsky does pull this off, it is going to be by KO. All eight of his wins are by KO. I just don't see a world where it's Alan Amadovsky getting his hand raised by a decision win. I mean, can't can't really argue with anything you said. I will just add one extra piece because I found this particular number hilarious. Amadovsky has three three fights in the UFC. Do you know how many strikes he has landed? I know that he only landed six in the Jotko fight over 15 minutes. Uh, fill me in on the other two. Uh, nine total strikes. <laughs> He's the he's the reverse Hamzat Chemaev. Like if if he ever fought Hamzat Chemaev, the greatest bet in the history of MMA betting would be Chemaev to absorb zero strikes in that. What would that, that be? Fight. Minus minus three eighty or something? Probably, but it would still be the greatest bet in the history of the sport. So, yeah, I uh, I agree with everything you said. I didn't actually look. I have uh, currently I've got Piper lined up to be the first leg of nice. the parlay table I'd like to be building, but I didn't even look at this. Maybe instead, what I will do is I will look at 
Pfeiffer inside the distance. I think it's like minus 250, minus 225. Jeez, really? Come on. Give me give me a little lower. lower Juicing you up. Let's like see. a uh, little, little lower number. Is there a Joe Pfeiffer more significant strikes bet? Minus 500. Oh. That's minus 500. But, man, that feels like a safe one. Joe Pfeiffer more significant strikes is minus 500? Yeah. Yeah, that feels incredibly safe. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Amadovsky lands like three right from the start and then gets starched or something. Yeah. If I can't find four legs to the parlay, I will just bet Pfeiffer by KO or submission at minus 250. But we're we're at the time just going to leave this as the first leg of, of the parlay table. I love it. I love it. I like Pfeiffer here. I think he's going to get this one done. I think he really is going to have some success at the UFC level. All right, let's go to the last fight on the main card. It's a heavyweight bout. Tanner Bozer going up against Rodrigo Nascimento. Right now you can get Bozer for minus 165. Nascimento coming back at plus 140. The over-under is now set at one and a half. It 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 opened up at two and a half. Uh, over is minus 125. Under is minus 105. Um uh, yeah, I, I took the under two and a half. Um, I think Vegas set this line because Bozer's gone to so many decisions in his career. But on the flip side, Nascimento has never even seen a third round in his 10-fight career. Um, so, yes, I, I hate that our experiment is is coming to a, a close here this week. Uh you know, we miss we missed the call you're over. And then now mm, I'm, that now one I'm, doesn't count, buddy. Oh, why? Because that oh. was a super heavyweight fight because Chris Barnett <laughs> missed weight. So I know that I had to answer this. I did get a little bit of that on Twitter of the heavyweight overs don't always hit anymore. And I was like, actually, there were no heavyweight fights in this card. We had a super heavyweight fight because Chris Barnett missed weight. Wow. And then we had a 220-pound catchweight fight. Wow. So heavyweight overs are still a thing. And as a result... You're taking the over one and a half. The over one and a half at minus one hundred and thirty. I yes. would. I will be entirely transparent. I would. I would bet it because I would bet it. I would feel terrible about betting over two and a half. <laughs> Dude, I was shocked when they opened this at two and a half, and like it, I got it at minus one hundred eight, and I was just like, "What is this?" Because I was like. I've I've capped or like I've I've you know researched Nasa Mental before and I know he's never been to a third round and I was yeah. just like oh this I have to play this what is this like this is a heavyweight fight where one side of it has never seen a third round like how are we laying this obviously the line has moved but like I would feel terrible playing the over two and a half as well we're gonna over get that nice middle is a tough bet <laughs> I got a I got a nice feeling we're gonna get this middle uh, Bozer's gonna knock him out with like. 60, no, like uh, 53 seconds left in the second round. I, well, we'll talk about that in a second because I uh. will also, I will also say I don't even, I, I believe in heavyweight overs, so it's okay. But a, a man, a man inclined to look at the numbers might say not only has Nascimento never gone to the third round. He's actually only ever gone over one and a half one time in his career. Yeah. So that's what a, a different man, a man not, and he barely went over that one time. So a different man might point that out. But I believe in heavyweight overs. I'm taking the over. I'm also taking uh, Rodrigo Nascimento in this one. Yes, let's go. I love that. Love I have a very simple, 
very simple reason why I'm taking it. And again, I'm taking this and I recognize that Nascimento, when he wins, happens to win quickly. So taking the over and him winning, <laughs> it's a pretty narrow Something's gonna window. Hit. Something's going <laughs> to hit, maybe. Theoretically, I'm, I'm, I'm targeting a very narrow window here, though I will say... If I lose, if if Bozer wins, he probably does go over because the man four decisions in his last five fights or whatever. Like he, I'll, he likes I'll say to, something about that in a second. Well, uh, I will just wrap my Nascimento by saying I'm taking Nascimento at the underdog odds plus one forty five. Uh, I get why Bozer is the favorite. I think Nascimento he's not defensively good on on the old feet, gets hit a whole lot, but. I, I do think that he has the ability to win the ground game here. And more importantly, following the success of Chris Barnett, Huggy Bear, and my exact argument last week that you were incredulous and, and, and didn't believe me in. I did not. Chris Collier isn't good because he lost to Andre Olavsky. Mm. And thus I'm fading the man who lost to Andre wow. Olavsky. Tanner Bozer also lost to Andre Arlovsky. No love for the legend, bro. I I wrote an article arguing that he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. <laughs> so I do love Andre Arlovsky. I'm just saying I'm going to continue to fade heavyweights that have lost to him and see where that takes me in my gambling journey. I, I like that. Uh, yeah, one thing I'll say about the Bozer decisions is that it is coming against guys like Andre Arlovsky, uh, Alir Latifi, Cyril Ghosn, uh Heavyweights that aren't foreign to going to decisions, not against guys that have never seen a third round in their career. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Rodrigo Nascimento, knockout, 53 seconds remaining in the second round. Ding, ding, ding. Three bets cashed. Can I also can I also just, just add this one out? Just a little bit of extra sauce for anybody <laughs> on the fence. Last week I told you, fade the guy who lost Andre Olavsky, go with Huggy Bear. This week, I'm telling you, fade the guy who lost to Andre Olavsky, go with a Yogi Bear. So, fading guys who lost to Andre Olavsky when they are fighting guys whose fight nicknames are Bear. It's pretty irrefutable. I don't, I don't think that can lose. I'm pretty sure it's 1-0 right now. I don't think any, that has ever been a circumstance in, in betting before last yeah. week, and we're getting it back-to-back -back weeks. Back-to-back. That's tough to argue. I can't even lie. I can't even lie. I can't even lie when you were like extra sauce. I thought you were going to have a third bet on this fight, oh, God, uh, no. which would have been fantastic. God, no. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, all right, so that's the main card. A uh, fun little main card, I suppose. Uh, let's get into the, the prelims. We actually got a lot to uh, to talk about, so let's just rip through them. We'll start with a middleweight bout. 
It is Anthony Fluffy Hernandez going up against MAB Marc-Andre Barriot. Right now, Hernandez is sitting at minus 180, MAB coming back at plus 155. Uh, I played Hernandez earlier in the week at minus 155. We've seen MAB struggle against wrestlers, and I just think that needs to be the exact game plan for Hernandez. He's coming off just a wrestling clinic against Josh Fremd, eight takedowns, 11 minutes of control time. Just shoot early, shoot often. Rack up control time, go for submissions, go for grinding pounds, uh, and get it done. I mean, if it does stay on the feet, I think Hernandez can hang, but I don't like that nearly as much as taking it to the ground. Uh, I like Hernandez to get it done in this matchup. I uh, to to paraphrase the fantastic film Old School, uh, when Will Ferrell is debating, and at the end of it, uh, they look over to the raging cage, cage in James Carvel, and he's like. We have nothing to say. That was perfect. That's that's how I feel. I have nothing to add. I'm also on Anthony Hernandez. You you did a brilliant job of explaining it. Think Thank he's going to get the control. Think he's going to get the win. Let's go. That's all that needs to be said. We're both on fluffy in that one. Let's keep it rolling. Featherweight bout. Damon Jackson going up against Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini minus 180. Damon Jackson coming back at plus 155. Fight goes the distance minus 210. Fight does not go plus 170. Uh, kind of similar to the last breakdown. I have Pat Sabatini, wrestle, 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 four UFC fights for Pat Sabatini. He'll hook Jamal Emmers in the first round, and then three decisions. In those three decisions, averaging four takedowns and 9.37 of control time, clearly that is the plan here. I think he is the better wrestler than Damon Jackson. I think he's going to get it done. That's just, that's just what I think, and now I have a, uh, I have a little statistic to throw out to you, a little, uh, a little something. Well, I love I love numbers. Uh, Henzo Gracie Philly, pretty good team, pretty good team over there, uh, run by Daniel Gracie, Jeremiah Wells, Andre Petrosky, Sean Brady, and of course Pat Sabatini. Combined, fifteen and zero in the UFC. Sabatini four and zero, Brady five and zero, Wells three and zero, Petrosky three and zero. So uh, yeah, in short, I'm eating cheesesteaks on Saturday, baby. We're riding with Ooh, Philly. That steaks? is what I'm doing. Cheesesteaks on Saturday for me. Oh, I I love that for two specific reasons. The first being totally with you. Uh if you if you're a frequent listener uh to the MMA Fighting Podcast Network, great network, great website. God, great uh, great network. Great, great website. Great. There's also a great man there by the name of one Mike Heck. And great guy. Great guy. Never met and him he, actually. Really he's a great guy. Uh He's been a big Pat Sabatini supporter. Really thinks a lot of this dude. And I can't blame him. Uh, guy, guy's a hell of a fighter. I didn't know that about uh, the Henzo Philly squad. I mean, I knew that they were having success. I didn't know it was that that level of success. UFC's got to go to Philly at some point uh, in the near future. That'd be sick. I, I've only been to Philly once, but I loved it when I went. Never been, but uh-huh. I mean, Paul Felder's been saying that's the only thing that's going to make me fight again. They come back Ooh, to Philly, we make something sick. happen. I don't know how the UFC doesn't just just roll to Philly, but I love this bet for a second reason, yes, and it's because me. right next door to where I live, I mean, a a five minute walk at absolute most, there is uh, a place with an unbelievable Philly cheesesteak. Yes. I mean, just. Tell me the name. I, uh, it's Fred's Meat and Bread. Don't Let's know go. if 
because Fred's is relatively new to Atlanta. I mean, it's been in the last like five years or so. I, I've, I've never been one of, the, one of the, one of the best cheesesteaks I had in Atlanta was was Woody's. That's kind of like the. I mean, know, yeah, everyone knows ben, about Woody's. Woody's is a classic. Fred's blows Woody's out of wow. the water. God, I love to hear that. Uh, bon Appetit magazine called it oh. the best cheesesteak in America. Never read uh-huh. Bon Appetit, but it sounds like they know what they're talking about. They they know a little thing or two about the food game, and it is an unbelievable cheesesteak. And so because of this, yes, now Saturday, yes. I, I can go get a cheesesteak for lunch before the fights and and just just be all all team Philly. I can't now I'm so stoked. When you were like when you said that I was like, you're gonna have cheesesteaks? Yes. I'm going to have a cheesesteak, my man. I, I hope that, like, people didn't think I was joking when I said that. Like, I was like, oh, ha-ha, oh, no, cheesesteaks, Philly. I will be consuming. Yes, croissants. I will be consuming. I, I've done English breakfast twice. I don't even like I eat beans with breakfast twice. I hate beans it. Beans on toast, baby. But I nice do cup it of tea? for the cause. The tea is great. Love uh, tea. The... Uh, what is it? Blood sausage, the black uh, black pudding. Black pudding's great too. Not, uh, I'm not a big black pudding guy. I do like the I do like the sausage. The beans. I've I've fully cemented my flag into the ground. I do not like beans with my breakfast, but I do it for the cause. <laughs> what I do like is Philly cheesesteaks. I love myself a fantastic cheesesteak, and that's what I'm going to be getting on Saturday. Don't know if it's lunch. Don't know if it's dinner. If you time it out right for dinner. Because this is a four o'clock fight card start, and Sabatini and Damon Jackson are on the prelims, you could be having a cheesesteak at dinner time in the Eastern Time Zone while you're watching Pat Sabatini rack up 12 minutes of control time on Damon Jackson. Man, sounds like well, a good way to enjoy to a cheesesteak. Now I'm gonna have to try and time that out, figure out how to make that happen. But Uber I love, is love everything that's happening. Yeah, I'm. Like actually, super hyped for this uh, for this cheesesteak. I, I got some Eagles friends here too, or some Philly fans here. Philly friends here too. Uh, might even go support the Eagles on Sunday if Sabatini gets it oh, done for us. Or the Eagles, the old Eagles. <laughs> Who are they playing this week? No clue. Let me check. I, I had a uh, pretty good first uh, first week of NFL betting. Great. Oh, I, great I Sunday. Week. Oh. oh. <laughs> It was a uh, it was a great Sunday slate. I mean, the witching hour is oh, fantastic. I, oh, the witching the, hour was electric. Electric, this week. dude. Uh, they got the Monday night doubleheader. My Bills uh, oh. started off, and then Vikings Eagles. Oh, I forget. Later you have night. to. You're a Bills guy now. I forget. Oh that. yeah, yeah. I got the Zubaz I mean, pants. It's a really good year to to join that bandwagon. I mean, that's why I joined the bandwagon. No one it's, circles the wagons like I mean, the yeah, Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. Thanks, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, boom. All right, let's keep it rolling on the prelims. Next up, we got a welterweight bout. Trevin Giles going up against Luis Sose. Uh, right now, you can get Giles at minus 205. Sose at plus 175. Under, set at 2.5, minus 140. Over, set at plus 105. Uh, going uh, no fighter again. I'm going with a prop. I'm going with the fight doesn't go to a decision at minus 155. Uh Seven of Giles' nine UFC fights have not gone to a decision, and then so say eight fights in his career. Last fight, it did hit the third round, but it ended there. Before that, seven fights to start off the career, all of them first round finishes, six of them in the first 80 seconds. Both of these dudes have finishing capabilities, and I think that is what is going to happen here. Can't hate the bet. I have no action here. This I'm not gonna put that as a parlay piece, so 
I'm just just stuck, left wanting for for more action. Well, we got a few fights to talk about, so hopefully we, we can find some. We still have more to you. talk about. <laughs> Uh, we do have a women's bantamweight bout coming up, uh, and that is Aspen Ladd going up against Sarah McMahon right now. You can get Ladd at minus 135. McMahon coming back at plus 115. The over-under is set at 2.5, over minus 225, under plus 185. Uh, I have nothing on this fight. The floor is yours, sir. Oh, yeah, this is this is a me one. Um I was stunned that the odds were what they were on this. Uh, I have two plays here. Yes, two plays. Yeah. Uh, I Aspen Ladd is, has a lot of flaws. Uh, her camp is one that is – it's bad. I know she's yeah. lost three or four, but she's – She's not Sarah McMahon, and that's really what the bet is. Like, <laughs> all due respect to Sarah McMahon, who silver medalist in the Olympics is an incredible accomplishment. It's better than I'll ever do at anything in the world, so hat tip to that. She is 42 years old and just a career underachiever in MMA. Like, just she has never... Everybody wanted her to be, oh, Olympic silver medalist. She's going to be the woman. And then she has never, never found it. You know, she lost to Marion Hano. She lost to Ketlin Vieira. Now losing to Ketlin Vieira looks a lot better now. But she has just had setback after setback. Basically, every time she has faced someone who can even a little bit match her athleticism, she has lost and Aspen Ladd has a lot of flaws, but she's pretty athletic and substantially younger. And I just think Sarah McMahon is well past her best days. So I took Ladd at minus 135. I don't feel like unbelievably confident just because Ladd, uh, is, her career is in somewhat of a free fall right now. But I think this is how you write the ship. You get a name, you get a win, you get back on top, back moving to the eventual title shot that she will get in this very very thin division and i also took a little flyer on the under uh under two and a half plus 175 uh her almost all of mcmahon's losses she gets submitted it's just a thing that she does she got tapped by pena she got tapped by renault she got tapped by Vieira. she got tapped by nunes she got obliterated by ronda rousey uh it was not a oddly not a submission but she, when she loses, it's it's never on the cards. She doesn't make it to the cards to lose. Aspen Ladd, for her many flaws, she is a finisher. Seven of her to, of her nine career fights come by finish. Uh, the only person in the UFC to make it to the cards with her, Sajara Eubanks. Everybody else she's putting out. Uh, I, I just think that this is a, a nice, at plus 175, willing to take the shot that, that Aspen Ladd can get Sarah McMahon out of there. I like it. I, I mean, Espen Ladd has finishing capabilities. We, we we have seen that before. And honestly, I don't blame you for having two bets on this fight. I mean, this is the fight that people have been waiting on. I mean, 2020. Waiting for. 2020, this thing was supposed to happen uh, on a uh, the Poirier-Hooker fight card. Canceled. 2022, we were supposed to get it at UFC San Diego. The San Diego fans, San Diegans, were hungry. They were, they were you know, foaming at the mouth for this one. And uh, finally, we are going to get it at the Apex. On September 17th, the much-anticipated Aspen Ladd-Sarah McMahon showdown. And I love that you got two bets on it, so uh, I commend you for that. 
you know, I saw that you had nothing on this and I was like, let me give the people what they've been craving. Multiple <laughs> bets on this women's bantamweight fight. The fans will thank you. Uh, I do and, it for you guys. I do it for you guys. <laughs> and that's a great segue uh, to our next one where I have multiple bets. Uh, it's a women's flyweight bout. Maria Agapova going up against Jillian Robertson. Right now you can get Robertson minus 145. Agapova at plus 125. Over under set at two and a half. Under minus 150. Over plus 120. So yeah, I'm... I'm you know, just first glance over at Tapology, I'm, I'm pretty shocked I have a bet on this fight. I'm I'm very shocked. I have two bets on this fight, which which makes it even better. Um, Love it. First off, I'll just tell you my side. I'm on Jillian Robertson. Yes, she has lost three of her last four, but to girls like J.J. Aldrich, Miranda Maverick, Tyler Santos, not really something to be that ashamed of. Um, what Jillian Robertson does is wrestle and grapple and go for submissions. Uh, she's actually been credited for a submission attempt in seven of her 12 fights, uh, and she has finished the fight with five of those. Agapova does not do great with this uh, with this style. Five UFC fights for her, two and three in those fights. When she gets a takedown recorded on her, she's 0-3. When she doesn't, she's 2-0. Just doing some math there. And how did Maria Agapova fare last time out? She got forced against the cage. She got taken down. She got dominated on the ground, and she eventually got submitted uh, by Moroz in her last fight. So I just think one of the only times you're really ever going to say it, that Jilly Robertson has a favorable matchup in terms of having a very clear path to victory. Go out there, get takedowns, go for submissions, and get Agapova out of there. Now, Agapova, wild, can come out there, swang, bang, do some crazy stuff, and, and get a finish. Uh, so I'm not overly confident in the Jillian Robertson side, but that does take me to my next bet. Um, you know, I, it comes from a deep place in me. I'm, it, it's upsetting to see, but the UFC has, they've deprived us. Um, they, they've clearly been avoiding having flyweight fights. On their cards. I mean, real bastards in that regard. August 20th, the early prelims of UFC 278 was the last time we got to taste that sweet gold, that sweet nectar of a flyweight under. And I mean, I don't know about you. I'm not going to speak for you, but I don't discriminate. Man, woman, you're a flyweight to me. And that's all I know. And this happens to be a flyweight. This happens to be a flyweight fight, and I can wait no longer. So for that... I will be taking the under two and a half in this fight. I mean, Agapova, six straight fights, under two and a half, four wins, two losses. Uh, you know, some are going to come at me. Still, everyone's going to be coming at my neck. Robertson, four of the last five have gone to a decision. Yeah, well, the seven before that in the UFC, they didn't go to a decision. So in my eyes, that's eight of the last 12. I think Agapova's style, it's kill or be killed. I think Julian Robertson can be the one doing the killing or be the one getting killed as well. And I think we're going to hit that under two and a half. Give me that vice until the next men's flyweight under we can hit. Uh, I am also on Robertson. I agree with everything you said. Uh, You know, I think that this is probably dumb because I think maybe discrimination is is part and parcel of what we've done with flyweights. I think there were some women's (laughs) flyweight unders that we weren't, uh, weren't actively pursuing here. But I agree. I... I miss it. I miss it so much. All I want to do is to know. I I miss going into a fight card and being like, 
All right, well that's a that's a winning bet. Let's just I got at least one winner. Up. I got at least we've one winner because the one twenty fivers are going. Yeah, we've got one in the bank, so we're good. And I gotta say, here's the other part of this too. We have a long time to wait, my friend, because no event next weekend. Obviously, the event after that, Dernyan. No, no flyweights on that oh either, buddy. Oh my god! So we're talking until October fifteenth. Oh, knock on, god. knock on wood that nothing would happen. October fifteenth does have two flyweight bouts on it. One of them, Brandon Royval, Oscar Askarov. Oh just my! A, just a banger and a half, Brandon Royval. No, does not know how to hit overs. I was gonna say um, we're gonna need Roy Val to step up there because Askar Askarov yeah. loves hitting overs. Yeah, but Roy Val is gonna step up. That man, the man doesn't know how to not do it. Uh, oh, and, and then, then we Tatsu, got CJ Vergara. Tyra, CJ Vergara. <laughs> that is that is sit by the computer and wait for the opening lines to rip yeah. both of those. Wow. We listen. That, we're, gonna... we're talking till October fifteenth. That's two months of waiting for flyweight unders. So it I'm might be you. worth the wait. It might be worth the wait, and I might even get crazy and play the the under on the main event because that's a flyweight it is fight. Also flyweight Alexa bout? Grasso, Viviana Rujo. I might play the under on that as well. I might get crazy. I will. I mean, there's also the possibility that October first. I know that that's a women's strawweight main event, but Mackenzie Dern. Could turn into a flyweight fight at any point in time on on fight week. You know that's that is a thing that has been known to happen. So, but I'm with you. I miss it. I want the rush. I want the feeling. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna join you on the under. I was gonna be and offended if you didn't. I'm not even gonna lie. I was gonna be a little bit offended if you didn't. I'm not just gonna join you on the under. I'm gonna put that in the parlay. <laughs> I still need three legs. Flyweight unders never lose. Why wouldn't I have a lock in the parlay? So I'm going to parlay that up with with Piper. At just two legs, it's like pays out like plus 100 right now. Hopefully, because I, I have no more bets on this card as it stands. I know you still got a little action. I you got can one more, sell yeah. me on something else to close it down. But if not, I'll just take a two-leg. It's not the sturdiest. Bipedal parlay is not what I was looking for. I'd love to at least make this a tripod. Good sturdy base, but... For now, that's where I'll be. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a bow on this on a really good note because the week after that uh, that October fifteenth card, we get another Ooh. flyweight under. Ooh. Oh, we get another flyweight fight on two eighty. Look at me getting ahead of myself. Already saying the other. We got Muhammad Makayev going up against Malcolm Ward. Another do, one. I mean, it's a good it's a good time to be October in the flyweight under business. October is a good. I may Woo! just go ahead and parlay all three of those unders. Just do if they give us the props in time, I'll do it. Well, I just you just just put leave an open parlay out with the fly and then just fill it as it goes. Oh, oh man, this is it's worth the wait. You know what? I shouldn't have doubted the UFC and their matchmaking capabilities. It's worth the wait. I mean, this is October is going to be nice. Uh, it's always gonna be nice, uh, you know. Get that, get that extra coin for the Christmas presents, the holiday season coming up. It's a good time to be oh, a yeah. fly. Buy the big business. turkey. We can buy the big turkey for oh, Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving's gonna be good this year, folks. I can go ahead and tell you that one right now. If you're in the flyweight under industry, all right, let's finish this up. It is a men's <laughs> lightweight bout. <laughs> it's Nicholas Moda going up against Cameron Van Camp. Moda right now at minus two hundred five. Van Camp at plus one seventy five. Over under set at two and a half, under minus one forty five, over plus one fifteen. 
I got one more prop to finish this off. I got this one. Fight does not go to a decision. I really think this one's going to be uh, kind of a car crash. This is just two game fighters coming in here. Van Camp. A couple moments against Andre Fiala. Looked like he had him hurt on short notice, but eventually he got knocked out first round. He's not afraid to get in there, stand and brawl like we saw in that Fiala fight. Moda on his end. Six of his last wins. Six of his last nine wins are coming by knockout. Last three losses, he's been knocked out in. Kind of a killer-be-killed type fighter, Van Camp. 15 of his 18 fights have not gone the distance. 15 of his last 18, that is. Including 10 of those ended in the first round, just like his last three fights. Uh, so I think it's going to be a fun fight for as long as it lasts. And I will take this one to not go to a decision. What are the odds on that? I took it at minus 170. Mm. I want to say that's still that's hanging not... around because the under 2.5 is minus 145. Yeah, that's, that's, that doesn't feel like a parlay leg to me. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. You know, here's what I'll do. Uh, I'm going to join you on a previous previous bet you listed on the main event over mm. my over one and a half. It's minus mm. 550, but I'll add that because two legs, just it's not a sturdy enough parlay. Two legs, you could tip over and fall very easily. Three legs, triangle. It's a tripod, dude. They film movies yeah, on tripod. tripods. Yeah. Pyramids, one of the strongest, you know, strongest shapes out wow. there. Wow, yeah, Give I didn't even think about pyramids. Like they've been standing yeah. the test of time. So this this yeah, sounds like a good idea. Stand forever. So I'm just going to keep stacking up on top of that. Great, great success. I'll add that it pays out at plus one thirty-seven with those three legs. I'm okay with that. It's Brilliant. not quite the table, but the pyramid, the parlay pyramid. I love a parlay pyramid. That is brilliant. So that is that is that. UFC Apex 60 Song versus Sandhagen should be a fun one. Four o'clock start. That's some of the best news I could have received this entire week to take us into the off week. My bets. I'm on Jillian Robertson. I'm on Robertson Agapova under two and a half. I'm on Moda Van Camp. Fight does not go to a decision. I'm on Sose Giles. Fight doesn't go to a decision. I'm on Pat Sabatini. Cheese steaks for dinner on Saturday night. I'm on Bill Algio, I'm on Anthony Hernandez, and I am on Bozer Nascimento under two and a half. The parlays I have. We forgot to talk about this one. I think I might have skipped right over it. Uh, I definitely did. But a parlay piece that I have is Daniel Zellhuber. Oh, sell me on it. The young Mexican king. We didn't talk king, about this at all. The golden boy. Where is this on my uh, note sheet here? Did I just completely erase this? Because I remember... There it is. I found it. Yes, I just completely skipped right over this. Uh, yeah, I'm on Daniel Zellhuber against Trey Ogden right now. He's at minus 275. Locked him in earlier this week with that Joe Pfeiffer piece uh, at minus 390 or whatever it was. Uh, he's young. He lacks having a ton of experience. Um, but I'm going to trust in the undefeated Golden Boy in this one. Uh, thought he looked good on Dana White Contender Series. And the man that he was fighting, Lucas Almeida, already has a dominant win in the UFC. He lost, but he ended up in the UFC, fought Mike Trezano, dominant win. That's better than what you can say for Trey Ogden. He did not look great in that fight against Jordan Levitt. Uh, Zellhuber, he's going to be bigger. He's going to be longer. Five-inch reach advantage in this one, and he is undoubtedly going to have the striking advantage. I mean, Jordan Levitt landed 69 strikes on, on Ogden. First of all, nice. Second of all, Levitt. Had before that fight had not landed more than 21 strikes on anybody. Five UFC fights never gone over 21. Goes 69 against Ogden. So uh, yeah, I can't speak to either guy's ground game that much. Uh, but I wasn't thoroughly impressed in the Ogden 11 fight. 
Um, so I think I think Zell Hyper's got this. I think I think he's gonna be able to stand on the feet and just pick him apart over the fifteen minutes. I I wish you the best of luck. I cannot follow this. This won't be the fourth leg to the table. Parlay pyramid. You got a pyramid. We're dude. we're doing okay. You don't need a table. You don't need a table. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they got a little hectic there. Uh, Zell Hyper. I'm sorry for the disrespect. If you if he loses, it's because he was disrespected. <laughs> I was saying, if he far. loses, it's because of this for sure. Yeah, so I got uh, Zell Haber parlayed with Joe Pfeiffer, uh, and then I did a little Zell Haber Pfeiffer real sharp shit here parlayed Canelo Alvarez with that as well. A little, a little. Uh, oh you know. shit! That is a way better fourth leg. I didn't even Love think because I I took parla I took uh, Canelo straight like. Whenever the line dropped immediately. Oh, let's so, go. Nice. Nice. Uh, uh, don't see Canelo. There's no world he doesn't win this fight. Like, he's just obviously going to win. Don't see him uh, losing too straight, especially not to a 43, 40. I'm an enormous Triple G fan. I love Triple G. Triple G definitely won the first fight and was robbed. He's old, and Canelo is not old, and Canelo is clearly going to win. Uh, and, he's, and he's coming off a loss. Um they, Maybe I'll make that the fourth leg. I like that. Build yourself a table. So the last two parlays I have, Pi for Amandowski does not go to a decision. Sandhagen song over one and a half. And then I did that same parlay where I added in uh, Chidi Rodriguez does not go to a decision as well. So uh, those are my picks. Obviously put them on Twitter later this week. I love those picks. Instead of taking the over one and a half in Sandhagen song, because the odds are actually the same, Canelo yeah. is minus 550. Nice. I'm just going to add Canelo as the third leg there instead for nice. the plus 137. Pay that out. My bets. I just got a lot of straight action. Only a couple of props here. The rest of it's all gas, baby. I got Corey Sanhagen at minus 190. I have Gregory Rodriguez at plus 100. I got Andre Feely at minus 120. I got Rodrigo Nascimento at plus 145. Got the over, because heavyweight overs love to cash. Love Over one and a half, minus 130. Anthony Hernandez, minus 175. Pat Sabatini, minus 180. Aspen Ladd, minus 135. Ladd McMahon, under 2.5, plus 175. Jillian Robertson, minus 145. And then the parlay pyramid, Joseph Pfeiffer, Agapova, Robertson, uh, under. And then Sandhagen Song. Oh, or no, sorry, I, I'm removing the Sandhagen Song because I'm replacing that with Canelo Alvarez. So that's going to be plus 137. Boom. There it is. UFC Apex there it, 60. There it is. Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G. Should be a good weekend. Should be a great weekend. Let's uh, let's ride into it. Let's get a winning week going into the off week. We do have an off week next week, but we should be back with a little something for y'all. That's, uh, you know, TBD. It's going to be a nice surprise uh, dropping Love for surprises. you. surprises. I mean, you're the one who's going to be surprising me. And it's it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a great time. Uh, maybe we'll spend the whole time talking Georgia football. You know, after we thrash the the Gamecocks this week and take over the number one ranking in the college in the CFP rankings. You know, I, I think we Franklin are one. We should in, have it in the AP poll. I think we are one. Yeah. I mean, sir, we certainly should be after after Bama tried its hardest to lose to Tejas, but. That was yeah, yeah. That was yeah. We we received uh, 53 of the uh, of the 63 votes. So yeah, number one. It's good to be king right now. Uh, king. 12 and 0. Dog. 12 and 0 is the uh, expectation. That will do it for us. We'll talk to you next week. UFC Apex 60. Enjoy the show. Should be great. 
let's cash some tickets and uh yeah we'll talk to you then let's do it <laughs> love you guys Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.